You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, April 21st. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my baseball-related work at places like Baseball FYI, Friars on Base, or more recently, Off the Bench Baseball, or maybe my more pop culture entertainment side of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Blight Disgusting, and many more, and hopefully many more to come. Of this year, Lockdown Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. And if you feel so inclined, only if you feel so inclined, please hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them, and maybe even answer them here on today's show. In today's show, guys, I imagine a lot of you have questions, and I have not too many answers when it comes to, yet again, the Padres' offense not stepping up when it matters most we're going to talk about the game last night really quickly, so some of my thoughts on it, and then going to continue my chat with Jake Mastriani that we started on yesterday's episode. So yeah, pretty straightforward today. Let's get right into it. I got things to do, and I know you guys got things to do, and it's a little bit of a downer one, because the Padres did played particularly well yesterday. They lost to the Milwaukee Brewers by a score of 6 to nothing. Chris Paddock was the starter for today's game. He goes five innings, giving up one earned run, five runs, but only one of them earned on five hits, walking one and striking out seven. It was not a great moment for Paddock. He did start getting hit up, but it was in one inning. If there is something that I can defend, it was really just one kind of blow-up inning. He gives up a home run to Billy McKinney in the top of the third, and then there's a bunch of singles that happen, and Corbin Burns reaches on jerks and profiles fielding error, and then Daniel Vogelbach singles, and then there's just a whole bunch of things. Travis Shaw smokes one, one of the top hit balls of the night in terms of exit velocity. He doubles to right, scoring Burns, and then Daniel Vogelbach. And then there's another single from Narvaez. And basically, that's it. Um, he basically manages to work uh, two more innings after that and isn't terrible. Once again, I thought Paddock was okay. But that being said, I am a little confused, guys. Just going to throw it out there. I'm a little bit confused by earned runs and unearned runs now all of a sudden. I thought that that would mean... I thought that it was the only run that wouldn't count would be Corbin Burns if he scored because he got on base because of an error. But you're telling me like the Omar Novaez, Avisail Garcia, and Omar and um, Travis Shaw, like those runs are also technically not earned? Guys, I know that I like host a baseball podcast, but I'm not, I, I remember a friend of mine said this the other day. I didn't realize that like every run after the error is unearned now. Like, am I am I crazy? Someone please get to get back to me on this. I don't remember. I thought it would just mean that if whoever was the run that made it on an error or whatever, that that one wouldn't count. I didn't realize so far down the line that those would also be considered unearned. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit confused by that. But bottom line is this, though. Padres still weren't able to recover. Corbin Burns, I mean, we talked about it with Jake yesterday on the pod. The dude's a stud. He looks like the front runner for the Cy Young right now unless something just doesn't go his way. That cutter is ferocious, throws it a whole lot. 
to be to be uh, specific, he threw out of his 93 pitches yesterday, 48 of them were cutters, and the Padres just couldn't hit them. He threw a couple sliders and sinkers in there, maybe a couple change-ups, but, you know, he was just basically unhittable. Final line for him on the day, six innings, four hits only, no runs, no walks, 10 Ks. I saw yesterday that his 36 strikeouts across the four starts that he's had are the most ever without allowing a walk. Uh, to begin the season, like I said, just looks like he's one of those guys. I said on him yesterday's podcast, he's one of those guys that just didn't have the fame and attraction celebrity yet, and he he's killing it. He's killing it. So while I do want to lament and discuss the Padres' offense and how unfortunate it was, it should also be pointed out that there was a point, bottom four, in which uh, Profar and Eric Hosmer were on base, and then Will Myers has a lineout that's barely caught by the left fielder McKinney. Just an unbelievable catch right when we finally seem to be getting a play. So we have Mookie Betts, who makes that diving catch against Tommy Pham, and then another one against Will Myers. So that was unfortunate, uh, and it was just good defense on the Brewers' part. It's frustrating, I know, but I'm still confident that the hits will come, but I do believe that you have to give credit to the Brewers' pitching staff. We're not the only team to get blanked by this son of a gun. The only person who seems to have hit this guy hard is Byron Buxton in that first start of the season, that amazing pitcher's duel. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, there basically is not much else to say. There was a moment later on when they almost, I thought that they were going to be able to do something, but Trent Grisham strikes out with the bases loaded and Profire grounds out. Burns just wasn't, you know, we hit him a little bit, but weren't able to drive in guys when it counted. And that's been the story of the Padres for a while now, uh, about, I'd say, last like five or six games. It's been just unable to bring guys in. Their on-base percentage fell a little bit from second in the league to seventh, which is still really high. They're just not slugging the ball that well. Tatis had the day off, sure, but uh, just not great for the Padres overall. But if there is any good news, guys, it is that today... Probably shortly after you finish listening to this episode, we will be welcoming back Mr. Denelson Lamette. Top five in Cy Young voting last year. Ace quality pitcher, the mofo, throws super hard. And I'm excited to have the son of a gun back. It is going to be very fun watching today's game. I will be watching every pitch and very excited to see how the slider works because... With Lamette's specific injury, and I know we don't trust the Padres with injuries, it's going to be interesting to see kind of uh, how he performs back because, you know, he throws really hard. And I'm, I'm worried about it. I'm worried about the homie. So hopefully we can salvage this series same way we salvage the series against the Dodgers with a win today. That would be great. If the Padres once again don't hit, because it's not Corn Burns, it's not Bannon Roodruff, uh, if the Padres once again don't hit, yeah, tomorrow's podcast isn't going to be a happy one, especially with the Dodgers uh, on the mound. I uh, look forward to so. Going to save all my thoughts about the Padres season a little bit more in general for tomorrow's episode, and then going to be talking about the Dodgers as well. But for now, guys, let me just talk to you real quickly about the yummiest protein bar in all the land. Ladies and gentlemen, all the land, the yummiest protein bar covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. With a grand variety of flavors, I'm talking caramel brownie, the cream of cookies, the cherry barcia lemon almond cheesecake, coconut almond, German chocolate peanut butter brownie, blah, 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 blah. all these flavors, 
They've got all kinds of them, guys. I don't know what is wrong with me today in reading this thing right now, but double chocolate, salted caramel, whatever you want, they've really got it. And best of all, with Built Bars, they're great for the health-conscious guy or gal. And don't forget, also, for a limited time, that coconut brownie chunk flavor that won the Built Bar Madness bracket is available for a limited time. Be very sure to check that one out. It is the favorite of all the Lockdown community, for sure. We all love it. But yes, guys, uh, it's great for the keto diet, thanks to high fiber, high protein, low sugar, and low amount of calories. So what are you waiting for go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15% off your next order remember that is promo code locked 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com one last quick thing guys this year the lockdown podcast network is partnering with the draft network to cover the nfl draft live get insight and analysis from lockdown at local experts and the draft network's national experts subscribe to the lockdown nfl youtube page to watch live three-day coverage of the nfl draft april 29th to may 1st it's gonna be a good time guys be sure to do that and now with a further and now without further ado guys jake mastriani now I want to ask you, I guess, just in general, where do you see this offense? Because, like we, we I mean, we already talked about it with Lorenzo Cain and Yelich and Colton Wong out. You know, you get Colton Wong, who isn't this guy who's going to hit like thirty homers for you or anything, but good on base guy, really good glove. Um, it's just a solid, you know, addition to the team. But he's hurt now. Like, what is kind of the the feeling <laughs> around the Brewers bats? Because you know, the Padres, it just seems to be a lack of execution. But for the Brewers, I feel like there's more of a concern of is there enough here to sustain the great pitching? Is this the Mets from circa, I don't know, 2017, where they just have DeGrom, Syndergaard, but then they average like one run a game? Yeah, it depends on health, right? I mean, as things stand right now, it's it's a, it's a going to be a rough go of things. I mean, they're going to have to, you know, rely on some getting some timely hits, getting some walks. Uh, I mean, we went into spring training not knowing if Daniel Vogelbach or Travis Shaw were going to make the team. And now they're batting two and three in our lineup on some, most nights. So, uh, I mean, it's a, it's definitely a rough lineup right now, but the, the key for me is getting Wong and, and Yelich. Those two in particular, Kane would be nice. I just think Kane's going to kind of be banged up all season. He didn't play it all last year. Mm-hmm. He's getting up there in age. I, I think that's why they went out and got Jackie Bradley jr. And he's been, he's been really good. Uh, filling in for Kane there. But I think the keys to have this get this offense going are getting Wong and Yelich healthy. Um, I think Wong's going to be huge at the top of the lineup. Like you said, not a not a huge offensive guy, but he's somebody that can get on base. He can steal a bag. Uh, he doesn't strike out a lot, a lot. This Brewers offense struck out way too much last year, uh, so that they needed some bats to come in uh, who can get on base, put the ball in play more often. Guys like Wong and Travis Shaw can do that for you. Uh, but those are going to be the two keys for me for the, this Brewers offense to get going. Having Wong at the top of the lineup getting on base and Yelich getting back to his MVP form. If that happens, and I think this offense can be just fine and at least be middle of the pack in terms of production of, uh, across the league and with the way the pitching staff is, I think that will be more than enough to to win the NL Central. But, yeah, I'd really need those two guys to get back. Without them, this offense is just – Mm-hmm. it's 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 not pretty to, to look at <laughs> it's not pretty like look i mean i really talk, we already talked about musgrove i even mentioned this in my my little lockdown now video like i really do think or i didn't mention in the lockdown now video in fairness i also think that the brewers offense is struggling but 13k is still impressive nonetheless um but now and and, and like you said nl central which is you know don't sleep on the brewers for that i think that if they just get some contributions from some bats that you look at the cardinals a flawed pitching staff where, you know, Jack Flaherty obviously is, is, is very good, but, you know, I don't even think he's, he might not be as good as Woodruff or 
Corbin Burns. So maybe they have that advantage there. We'll see how that kind of that battle, I guess, uh, shakes up. The Brewers are definitely shouldn't be slept on too much. I get that the Cardinals are favorite, but don't sleep on the Brewers too much just because you haven't heard enough about them. Most people think they only have Yelich. I think a lot of people think they only have Christian Yelich on that team, but they have a lot more um, interesting pieces. But now, Jake, we talked a lot about Brewers. Do you have any questions for me concerning uh, the Friar Faithful, San Diego Padres? Yeah, well, you mentioned something earlier talking about how the Padres are ten or seven, and obviously Padres fans base sounds like are not you know too excited about that. <laughs> but I'm wondering, you know, and I guess you kind of have to. I mean, the Padres obviously went for it this past off season, but you're comparing yourselves to the Dodgers, and I don't want to yeah. offend any Padres fans listening, but <laughs> that is a high a high ceiling to shoot for. Yeah. I mean, I know that's where they want to get, but it's going to take some time, and that. That Friday night game that went into extra innings showed me the Padres aren't there yet because mm-hmm. the Padres had multiple opportunities to win that game and just couldn't mm-hmm. do it. I mean, again, I hate to be honest. I covered the Padres in the past, so I know how some of that fan base is. I'm not trying to to hurt any feelings. I'm just being blunt. They cho- <laughs> they choked. They choked that game. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, plain and simple. They had runners on third with less than two mm-hmm. outs, back-to-back innings, and couldn't get it done. That tells me mentally they haven't gotten over that hump yet uh, mm-hmm. i think talent wise they're they're getting there now i just think it's a it's a mentality thing getting over that is that mm-hmm. kind of how you you view view it right now for the padres yeah i think that you're right it's it's becoming a thing where you're comparing yourself to the dodgers and when you do that you're comparing yourself to probably maybe at least regular season wise which i'll get to in a second uh regular season wise like one of the most dominant kind of forces since like late nineties Yankees. Like that's like, that's, and that's at the low end of all timer teams uh, that they're being compared to, right? Like the, that 98 Yankee team, 99, 97, 96, like that kind of run that they had. That's what the Dodgers are right now. So when the Padres aren't winning like every game because our division rival is in there, people are being disappointed, but people have to understand a mid nineties win total for this team. That's like really good. Like yeah. that's one of the best teams in baseball. It just happens to be that we're, facing against a historic juggernaut and the Dodgers who nobody should be rooting for at all, obviously. No. But I will say Friday night's game. First of all, I, I I joked about this before, but it was one of those things where everyone had to get to. It was like, guys, it's one series. I'm excited for it, but it's one series. Everyone threw that out the window seemingly after. Pitch number one. <laughs> it was so exciting. Like it was and I don't I like, until 2 a.m. Watching it. It was. It was yeah. So oh, I, yeah. I stayed up super late. too. I was like, it's a 230. Stop yeah. it. End this game, please. Um, but I, I would say, you know, I don't like when some of the Dodgers fans are like, it's not a rivalry. They've never beaten us. Isn't that? It's like just because a rivalry isn't it's not historic and doesn't, you know, one team only just that got good. A, a nascent rivalry is still a rivalry in some ways. Just look at the energy of the game. You have jerks and Profarts saying F you to Clayton Kershaw and Kershaw <laughs> never gets mad at anything. Seemingly he only yeah. gets mad at himself. And I, I feel bad every time he like I like making fun of the Dodgers for pretending that they're not known more for last year for just having tragic Shakespearean losses in the playoffs. But like, I actually do feel bad for Kershaw, like that picture of him in the dugout after the Nats loss. I, I do feel bad. I hate when people with great talent um, just can't seem to get it done in the postseason. but like, that's what they're known for uh, mostly in the, in the playoffs, but it had that energy, man, the Tatis home run. I was like, mm-hmm. I, I was getting, I was like, it's literally like his first game back and he hits one and, he hasn't actually. He's been secretly playing really poorly, by the way, with both his glove and his um, offense, just striking out a whole lot and just not getting any hits aside from two home runs of the year. Basically, uh, he hasn't been very good. But it's 
the atmosphere was great. The atmosphere should be great. I am very much looking forward to this four game set. But yeah, I think that's it's coming down to a thing where we'll see what happens in the playoffs. You never really know. They've got some guys who have been there. I think Blake Snell is going to be angry when we get to the postseason, and he's going to be like, "Never, I want to go 15 innings. Never take me out ever again." I'm excited for that. But they do. I think people have to adjust and realize that the long shot was winning the division. Winning the World Series is completely different. I, I heard, um, I forgot who it was that had this take. I think it was someone from, I think it was John Boy, actually, who had the take that they have the better odds of winning the World Series than winning the division. And I actually mm-hmm. think that that's yeah. a pretty fair that's a take great because it's also baseball. Like, the baseball playoffs are weird. And as I just established with the Dodgers, they could lose to people for yeah. sure, right? So, And it's the same I with the, the Brewers, too, right? I mean, the Brewers yeah. mm-hmm. may be the, the fourth or fifth best team in the National oh, League. Man. You get in the playoffs and you face Woodruff and Burns. Scary I mean, team. Those two can win any game. They can go against Scary any pitcher. Team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's a great I'd point. rather play I the mean, cards. I'd rather. Yeah. Mm. I say that lightfully because the Cardinals are weird, man. They get into the playoffs yeah, and they just that's start, true. They're, they they're start playing well. The but playoffs, yeah. On paper, yeah, the the fate and not to mention, you know, Devin Williams, who hasn't been like as invincible this year, but still like him and Hayter. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. A little bit off for him yesterday, but even still, final mind, May Machado is a tough at bat usually. Um so yeah, it's definitely a team. You get scared facing them in the playoffs. You just do. You just you just do, uh, with those yeah. two starting pitchers. But uh yeah, I think that that's one of the issues right now. Padres fan base is getting frustrated, myself included, because the offense is just very like last night, the whole the profar double play. Like it's moments like that where you're like, oh my God, every time we seem to finally be breaking out, it doesn't happen. But in fairness, Brewers pitching is good. And I do think that it's comparing to the Dodgers is why people seem to be like, This is a bad team. It's like, no, it's still early. And also San Francisco's good. I try to tell people, man. San Francisco's yeah. got a weird island of misfit toys over there. That's a very good team. Um, so I wouldn't sleep on them either. So this is not going to be a walk in the park, but I'm not like freaking out or anything. I don't think Padres fans should be either. Yeah. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Hold up a minute. Let me quickly talk to you guys about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. I know it hasn't been very fun to bet on the Padres right now, but you can still bet on all things MLB, and the NHL and basketball are still in full swing. And on top of that, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You know, we got the Oscars coming up this Sunday, so be sure to check out the odds for that. Currently favored for Best Picture, uh, minus 750, Nomadland. I'll be talking about that more throughout the league whenever I talk about Bet Online, though, my Oscars takes, because I got some takes, ladies and gentlemen. But for now, just remember that Bet Online is awesome. They have you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED ON. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Is that what the biggest weakness is for the Padres right now is offense, you think? I think in theory, it's it, before the season, it was outfield depth. Um, and that was what's what's been scary with Grisham out. I don't know if he's coming back for tonight's game. I haven't seen a, any update on that. Um, yeah, it's the offense, but it's I, I just I'm not too concerned. I, I still think Machado is going to be great. And he has been, by the way, like I, even when people thought he was off to a slow start, he's still got like a 350, 360 on base. Like he's still playing well um, and he'll get it going soon. Um, and I I'm imagine Tatis is going to get it going soon. And fam has been disastrous so far, but I just I haven't seen anything to suggest because I feel like when it comes to offense 
in baseball. That's the one where I feel like I have to be more lenient on. If, if you know, if Darvish comes out and has three starts where he's giving up six runs a game, like then I'm more concerned about that versus someone going through a slump for the first two weeks of the season. Like it happens. Yeah. I mean, do we all really think that the Yankees offense is going to be one of the 10 worst in the league? Probably not. I mean, it'd be, it'd be incredible if it was, but probably <laughs> not. So I'm, it's been annoying. I think fam, I'm a little concerned that I feel like he's more of a contact on base guy and that he's in a slump. So that's a little scary. Uh, I'm still hoping for him, but also another thing about this team is probably is a madman and is willing to adjust at any time and make moves if he has to. So I'm not, it's just, it's an, it's an annoying season. I, I think is the better way. It's like been a little annoying, little I mean, inconsistent. The team's got a winning record. They're 10 and seven. Yeah. So like I mean, they're, like... they got a winning record. I think the other thing is you, they're following up from last year and from last year, they basically post Texas Rangers decimate the entire league. Like every single game, it's Myers homering, Hosmer, Machado, Tatis. It's just constant fear. It's like Toronto Blue Jays when they had the Edwin Bautista Donaldson type thing. That's the kind of vibe that they had. And, you know, what I try to remind people is they start off 11 12 last year, including losses to the Colorado Rockies. Very not good. And the Arizona Diamondbacks, they got swept by them last year before finally going on that run. So, it really can change any time. Who knows? Yeah. It's not inconceivable. They sweep the Dodgers this weekend and then start, you know, going off. So it's it's definitely a team that feels like it, it's just got to wait. It, it, the the bomb might be ticking in the in the correct um, way. I mean, like not not in a bit disastrous way. So maybe bomb isn't the best analogy, but I still think that they um, any moment I think that they can definitely start exploding. That's what this team is capable of. Yeah, I think Tatis is interesting. You know, he, he came out his first year a couple seasons ago and was on fire and then got hurt, you know, and then really wasn't the same. And mm-hmm. then last year, you know, came out to a red hot start in, in August, but then cooled off in September. You know, this year, as you said, kind of off to a slow start, already had the injury. I mean, Tatis is interesting. Don't get me wrong. He's one of my favorite players to watch. I love him, mm-hmm. but yeah, it worries me with the injuries that he's he's always going to be a little bit injury prone. I worry about the same thing with Ronald Acuna Jr. too. I also cover the Braves at, at fan sided, and you know he he teams tends tends to get banged up a little bit here just because he's so athletic and does so many you know great things yeah. like Tatis um, that the injuries scare me because it's hard coming back from some of those injuries and and the shoulder thing for Tatis really really scares me because I've had yeah. that. And, and I played shortstop, and it really affected my game and the way that I could play it de- defensively. Um, so that scares me a lot if that becomes a bigger thing because, for me, once it happened, it, it continued to happen uh, until the point that I needed surgery. So that scares me a lot with Tatis, and I hope that's not the case. I hope he's able to get through that because he is, again, one of the more exciting players in baseball. But I am a little worried about him long term and obviously mm-hmm. the Padres signing him to that big deal they're certainly hoping you know that he's going to be healthy and one of the best players in baseball for a while and I certainly hope that is the case too but it makes me a little nervous there with Tatis yeah I mean it's a great point I mean and like I, I said this at the beginning of the pod Padres injuries just they don't have a good history of being super transparent with them so I'm even nervous about Lamette coming back um, although I'd love to have him obviously but you know the Tatis injury it's one of those things where you you want him back, obviously, but it's just it's also I mean, I'm watching him in every single throw he makes. Not that I've seen anything that suggests it's not like it looks like he's playing hurt, but it's just it's just concerning. You know, it's mm-hmm. just 
guys, we saw him on a. It's not like it was some injury where he ran into the outfield wall and like swinging hurt his a arm. Bat. <laughs> it was swinging a bat that got him hurt on a strikeout. That's the scary part. It was a routine, you know, a thing you do constantly in baseball. Right. Again, and, and if it's that easy, that's yeah. how it was for me. If it's happening that easy, then it's likely that it's going to happen again. So that's the thing is, you know, I've said the ticking time bomb before incorrectly. I think that's what Tatis, the fear is right now where it's like any moment this could just happen and he could be done. If it means that he could be out for the season, but like it's not going to impact him long term. They just, you know, but, you know, rip the bandaid off. Let's do this. We got to get whatever surgery, whatever procedure needs to be done. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend I know that every shoulder subluxation is the same thing for everybody. But like you said, it's like, look, let's rip the Band-Aid off. It sucks, I know. But also, Padres Twitter, look, I, I will say this, and I mentioned this after the injury. One, they need to calm down. Uh, this <laughs> The season isn't over if Tatis is gone. The season's energy and hype is significantly gone. There's a huge difference. I just talked yeah. about the starting pitching. You know what I mean? I just talked about May Machado and all these guys. It's still, if you're a playoff team, that means the season isn't over. I hate to break it to people. You know, I hate to break it to people, but like, <laughs> It's how baseball works. You know, one yeah. guy doesn't make the entire team. Um, and I believe with this Preller, if, if Tatis went down, Preller would go out and trade for Trevor Story or Javi yeah. Baez or something. <laughs> like, that's just it's crazy enough. Yeah. To, and he'll I give up like the 89th surprised. ranked prospect, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Because so. not only is he just good at, at trading, but also because the Rockies will be like, yeah, can you also give us like a bag of potato chips too? And that'd be great. And then, <laughs> exactly. and then we'll just have Trevor yeah. Story on the team. So there's yeah. still, there's still hope. Like, and also still guys in the pipeline. You got Abrams and Gore who I don't think Abrams is ready. Gore, it sounds like, is a midseason call-up. So there's still stuff to look forward to. So the whole dire, oh, it's the end of the world. It's like, all right, the Padres, Twitter, man, they are super dramatic. But to an extent, I get it. It's been a bad team for a long time. You wait for all this time. You're watching Will Venable and, you know, and, and, and Derek Norris be your best players or whatever. And now all of a sudden, it's like Tatis, Manny Machado, all these guys to big contracts. So, yeah, I agree with you. Um, there should be a fear with his injury, um, like 100%. Uh, it's just, what else can you do? You got to hope yeah. that the team isn't, you know, Injuries you know BSing yeah. and that it's not going to be a long-term thing if he does get hurt again, that they're not messing around and that since they signed him to such a big deal that it's they wouldn't take a chance if they think there's long-term damage that it can't get worse. But then again, like I said, it's the Padres, so who knows? Yeah. And, and like I said, I'm not trying to come on the, the Padres podcast and be a downer. I love that team. I love Tatis. <laughs> I want him to be healthy. I want him playing every day. Uh, again, I used to cover the Padres. So I, I love, mm-hmm. I love that team. They're fun to watch. I, I love that fan base. They're very great supportive while I was uh, covering mm-hmm. that team. So, uh, I mean, I want to see them do well outside of the series against the Brewers. So uh, a really fun, exciting team over there. Fun to watch. You know, I, I watch them a lot uh, at late nights here, living in the central time zone. So, uh, excited for the rest of the series. You know, excited to see what Burns does uh, tonight, Tuesday night against the Padres, and that lineup. Again, I, I've talked him up big here, so he's probably going to come and let me down. But um, <laughs> he, he's been exciting. I think it's going to be a fun rest of the series. Then I'm excited to watch the Padres and Dodgers series again. That was a really mm-hmm. exciting series to watch this past weekend. So I want to see the Padres get over that hump. Like I said, I think it's more of a mental thing right now mm-hmm. with the Padres. I, I think they're, they're there talent wise. It's just getting over that hump mentally, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that you can, you can beat these guys. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And if it lines up, then Wednesday's uh, game might be the debut of Lamette um versus it looks like adrian hauser so that's going to be lots lots of cool stuff in the series even though it is early on 
bottom line, still a lot of stuff to watch. And, and like I said, I don't have, and here's another thing. I don't have any hatred towards the Brewers. It's a fun team. Like I, mm-hmm. I, it's a cool team. They got a lot of cool players on that team. And I genuinely was just, it's good pitching. I don't think that every single time the offense does poorly, that that means that we just didn't hit, you know, yes, the Mateo pop-up was annoying, but you know, Brendan Woodruff's good. And if Corbin Burns goes to shutout tonight, my reaction isn't going to be Padres offense disastrous. It's like, no, maybe, yeah. maybe He's the guy four just hits good. all year. So if you yeah. get, if you get four <laughs> more hits in this, this game, then, then you're doing good <laughs> for sure. Um, but Jake, if there's anything else you want to plug, uh, go on ahead. If you have anything uh, on this year, this year podcast platform, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, obviously check me out at Lockdown Brewers, where we'll be covering the Milwaukee Brewers throughout the season. Uh, then you can follow me on Twitter at ShortstopBall, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Brewers. For sure. Be sure to do that. And hey, uh, if anyone wants to you know, go throwback and listen to when I ch- talked with Jake like a year and a half ago, go check that out. Completely yeah. different kind of a vibe than this one because the team hadn't exploded just yet and Jake wasn't hosting this podcast, but still uh, always a pleasure, sir. And I hope you have a good rest of your day and I hope the team loses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Javi. And zip zap you do that, everybody. That about does it for my chat with Jake Mastriani of Locked On Brewers. I hope you enjoyed it. I know it must be a little annoying to hear, you know, all this stuff happening with the Brewers and Padres and having to talk to a Brewers fan. We we don't want to talk to these Brewers fans out here. But Jake's a really cool guy. I'm just messing around, obviously. It was a lot of fun um, talking to him and him asking me questions about the Padres and how I feel about them right now. And I hope you guys enjoyed the crossover, too. Um, just one last thing I got to talk to you guys about. The Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 is presented by Locked On and Odyssey, and it is happening right now, featuring analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Jason Lacanfora, and Brian Ballinger, our local experts for every team, making trades and picking the next stars of their team. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast, guys. Odyssey is your audio home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matter to you. That's Odyssey, AU. D-A-C-Y. So be sure to do that for sure. It's a, definitely a big story. I mean, it's, it's the NFL draft, you know, obviously. So now, just really quickly in terms of the future of this podcast, tomorrow we're going to be breaking down Denelson Lumet's start bit by bit and give a little bit more of an all-encompassing feel about how I feel about the Padres 20 games into this season. Going to be talking about that. Preview a little bit of Dodgers stuff because that series starts on Thursday. And hopefully to have some more guests on the show soon. Definitely going to start reaching out to more people. I really hope you enjoyed my chat with Hannah Kaiser last week because that was one of my favorite podcasts I've done in a while. Be sure to go back and listen to to that one. She's awesome. So be sure to go do that. And yeah, that about does it, guys, for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, where ever and be sure to send me some five-star reviews on the apple podcast app if you are on there while you're at it and until next time stay safe and of course stay faithful my fire faithful homies take care